Mini episode 1551 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You'll want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello and welcome to FDH Lounge Mini Episode 1551. I'm FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here and it's a tradition in the FDH Lounge to review some of our finest guest appearances from the last 100 mini-episodes. During the pandemic, we've had fewer guests relying on our outstanding and deep in-house roster, but the ones we've had have been terrific. So while this is the shortest of the segments we've ever done, I'm sure you will be impressed by the quality of what our guests had to say. This is a question that's very much in the weeds, but I think you'll be able to follow where I'm going on this. I'm curious you know, as somebody who's talked to some of the players here and been part of these press packs and everything like that and been able to hear as they're discussing, as you've alluded to, I wonder if they carry, as they're doing this, the burden of not retroactively changing any of our Breaking Bad memories. Because, like, I I feel like everything they've done with Mike, for example, it's a thing where they've given us a much fuller understanding of him. And I don't watch Breaking Bad any differently because of what I learned about him, you know, from there. It fits in kind of seamlessly. But it's a thing where, as far as when they go to resolve what happens to Kim, uh, it's a thing of, do you feel like they're thinking in this, we have to do this in a way where it's not going to change what people thought when they were watching Breaking Bad? You know, that this, the, or, or, or conversely, that the Breaking Bad version of Saul can stand in isolation, basically, that you don't need to have watched the prequel on this. I'm just wondering about this, because when you start going and you start filling in backstory kind of stuff, it does sometimes run the risk of affecting how people are going to watch Breaking Bad when they go to rewatch it with this in their head. And I wonder if right. that's something that you, you think that they think about, or in, and if so, if it, if it would bother them, or if they would be okay with maybe altering those thoughts. They, I can answer that for sure. Really? I've had conversations with them. They 1 million percent think about that to an intense degree. Oh, wow. Probably to a degree where fans would let them get away with small things here and there. They would not let themselves get away with that at okay. all. And, um, you know, they, I, I'm trying to think of a specific example that, started a conversation with them oh i know when they were doing the episode um where we find out about wait it it was in yes the episode about um the backstory between gus and um you and i were just talking about this a little bit before we uh started recording um about gus and his relationship with the cartel and how that has you know kind of evolved in spite some crazy, crazy things happening. And I remember talking to the writer of that episode um, about, and 
just like as I was asking him questions about the episode, I had to kind of keep going back and forth between what had happened in Breaking Bad and then what had happened in Saw. In Saw. And he was... I was trying to keep it straight in my mind, and I thought, you know, I was probably going to start confusing him with the things I was asking, but he was right on the money with, no, we thought about that, we thought about that, we thought about this. I mean, these are people who take great pride into avoiding writing cliched situations, Mm -hmm. writing things that they think we're going to easily guess, and, um, you know, take pride in literally writing themselves purposefully into corners so that they have to come up with some great way of getting out, you know, down to little things like one of my all-time favorite things about Mike, who is one of my all-time favorite characters. And it is absolutely a shame on the Emmys that, that he has not won an Emmy for the Gilligan universe is a crime so loved everything he's done with that character on both shows but i i'm sure you'll remember this the episode where he's trying to the Saul episode where he's trying to catch someone breaking into his house so he buys carbon paper and puts it under the um doormat on at his front step because then they will if they've stepped on it, he can lift it up and see that there's a footprint there. Mm -hmm. And that's something that was born out of them writing themselves into a corner, not knowing how to get out of it. And they had, um, I think it was a a cop consultant on the show and told them about this story. He'd heard about a detective who did that. And so they, they will go to great lengths for the smallest detail. So I have, no doubt that there is no way they're going to mess with uh, the timeline just to make something work in Saul, you know, retroactively. And and I don't think anybody should be worried about that. They they will come by whatever storyline, whatever ending they get, they get to. They will come by it completely honestly. On a macro level, looking at the issues here, I wonder if the Democrats aren't also paying for what is perceived to be bait-and-switch in the minds of the voters, both A, you talk about the progressive Democrats, well, Biden sold himself as being the moderate who stood up to Bernie Sanders. I think a lot of us realize Joe Biden kind of goes where the party goes over the years, and uh, the way that the the, the leftward drift has been, that doesn't surprise me. But he was running on post-Trump competence here. We're going to come in, we're the adults in the room. You start with Afghanistan. I think yeah, the boy the pullout went started to unravel things, as you said. The border, crime, inflation, gas prices is a significant part of inflation. I wonder if it's not deemed to be bait and switch by a lot of voters out there going, you said the adults were coming in to fix things. By the way, and the pandemic's still raging to the extent that it has been over the last two years as well. Bait and switch is something that voters will make you pay for, and I wonder if that's something they feel like they're seeing right now. Possible, and when when you look at the fact, anybody listening to us right now, Rick, mm-hmm. re- really, what what? And you're right. You know, Biden ran as I'm the adult in the room. You know, with this strategy of, and the Democrats were very, uh, very uh, 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 manipulative, and how they did this. You know, keeping them in the basement, and, and we now know why. Right. With with, with all of the um, uh, slips and so on 
verbally, but but really, as we as we and I'm saying this independent, no skin in the game. Sure. What have we really benefited from? as a country, as Biden with president, as president. I could tell you several things under Trump, but what what have we benefited? What It, it seems like, and I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this, it seems like almost everything he's touched has gone wrong. And and now his party is going to pay for it. And I, I, I just don't see the upside. To, you know, to, to, to simply win the, the White House because you're not Trump. I get it, Rick. Mm-hmm. You know, folks say, oh, I, I don't like Trump's personality. I don't like the way he talks to people. But I didn't vote for him. Or I, I don't think people supported him based on his personality of what he tweets. Right. We voted for him for leadership, like the same way you vote for any president. And right now, the one-two punch coming out of the White House of Biden and and Vice President Kamala Harris, it just does not cut it. And if things don't, if they don't, if the party doesn't wake up real soon, Rick, as you know, we're about to go into the presidential race as soon as all of this is over. What are the Democrats going to do? Because the hole is getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And I, I, I really don't see the bench. Yeah, you know, on on the Republican side, I can say DeSantis. I can give you a couple of people. Sure, but but on the Democratic side, I really yeah, sure you you have a lot of people that are interested. Right, but that doesn't mean that they're going to connect with the American people. It's it's just a mess. And let me give you another example. So, uh, Sean Patrick Maloney, right? He runs the uh, Democratic congressional campaign. Uh, you know, his job basically to get Democrats elected. That's right. He's supposed. He's supposed to have a cakewalk. He's caught in the battle of his life against an unknown assemblyman in New York by the name of Mike Lowler, who represents a Rockland County, New York. Lowler is the or Lawler is the Republican. And polling has Lawler ahead against a top Democrat. That's amazing. I hadn't heard that. I, I know Maloney's a big name. That's incredible. He he is a big name. Now, now, conventional wisdom says he's supposed to be guaranteed. He's supposed to be like Schumer, Charles Schumer, sure. almost guaranteed to win. But right now, right as it stands right now, Sean Patrick Maloney may be defeated to a relative unknown by the name of Mike Lawler, an assemblyman from Rockland County, New York, who is a Republican, but he's resonating because he is saying all the right things, Rick. And those things are that people are sick and tired of crime. People are sick and tired of of these progressive Democrats that that are just Looney Tune. And I'm talking about even the mainstream uh, progressive Democrats. Sure. I'm not referring to the squad. Those folks are just nuts. Right. I'm talking about the people that are mainstream. The mayors of New York, Chicago, Philly. Uh, uh, you know, and on and on and on of major cities. But but we're looking at a situation where it seems like, Rick, like the criminals are calling the shots. Yes. And, and that's disgusting.